Ron and Anian. The real question is, first of all, is Mama happy with the car? Yes, she is. Okay, because if Mama's not happy, nobody's happy. The Car Doctor. I'm a car guy. I like cars. And to me, a car isn't just transportation. It's almost an extension of myself. Right. It's a lifestyle. Yep. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Every time I hear that, that just cracks me up. Shirley, don't call me Shirley, right? So, my gosh, what a funny movie. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor at your service. 855-560-9900. But you already know that. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. You can call 855-560-9900. Anytime, day or night, leave a message. If we're not on the air, we're live on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time. Uh, but you can call the aforementioned phone number and leave a message. Tom Ray will call you back and get you in queue for the next live broadcast. Hey, this hour, we're going to be continuing to give away copies of Dr. Richard McCann's classic car adventure stories of, from a British perspective, um, stories about cars, you know, when Dr. McCann was growing up and other sources, uh, things and adventures that he had with his buddies and um, his own personal experiences, walking, getting picked up, driving, and uh, things like that, hitchhiking and so forth, and some of his uh, his you can see his passion for cars as it comes out in the book. It's just it's just a great, fun read, classic car adventures. It's a good book to curl up with and uh, just see it from a British perspective. So we're going to be giving away copies of that this hour. Also, we have a $25 gift card giveaway from the folks over at O'Reilly Auto Parts, O'ReillyAuto.com. We're giving that away this hour so uh, we can get it to you there in time for Father's Day. So if you need something for Dad, give us a call. And, uh, you know, subject of the... Uh, Mike and Tom, uh, judges panel approval. We'll, uh, we'll be glad to put that in your hands and help you out the next time you visit your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Um, I, I want to talk about this 2009 Toyota, this, this Camry. I was mentioning it in the previous hour in, in that what's involved in doing an alternator. You know, there's certain parts of a car that, that, that have, that are going to have to be changed over the course of its life. And, you know, you can't help but the, but, you know, just, just really wonder, um, with regard, like, what some of the engineers are thinking. 2009 Toyota Camry V6 wandered into the shop this week, and it was in need of an alternator. The charging system had no output. And after some diagnosis, and diagnosis is, is, is simple but complicated. There's a couple of wires. There's a white wire that goes to the alternator. That's the heavy lug wire going down to the battery stud. you got to check that for hot. There's a green-red wire. In the, in the square plug, you've got to look for hot for that. You've got to look at the red plug for 12 volts, and you've got to make sure that the, uh, the last wire, the yellow wire with the red trace, if you unplug it and ground it, that it turns on the dash light. And if it does, it's, it's a bad alternator. So there is some diagnosis. That's the easy part. The hard part is getting to it. And you would think that a company such as Toyota that prides itself on engineering, because I think Toyota built a decent car, I do, but you just look at this repair and you say to yourself, what were they thinking? To remove the alternator on this car, because I'm also thinking about, you know, the guy wanting to do it on a Saturday afternoon in his driveway because he doesn't have the money it takes to have pay to somebody to do it. 
the upper radiator brace has to come out. The air conditioning has to be discharged. The radiator has to be lifted out, all right? The belt has to come off, obviously. The lower front bumper cover and splash shield has to come out. You've got the nose of the car off. And it probably you'd probably be able to sneak the alternator out without having to remove the radiator entirely. If the genius didn't put this one bolt, it's always one bolt. There's a 13-millimeter hex that holds a right-angle bracket to the base of the alternator that gets bolted to the engine block. And if your arm bent in three directions, you could get to it. All right? You know, it's it's sort of like your arm would have to look like your knees would look if they made chairs backwards. It was just one of those that you... And, it, and you can't get to it otherwise. You have to have everything clear out of the way in order to, you know, gain access to it. You know, I remember, and I'm old school, but I'm, I'm trying to be young at heart, that I remember older cars. And not all the older cars were so easy to work on, but gee whiz, you know... In 50 years, one of the great automotive accomplishments is we took changing an alternator on a 63 Chevy Impala, which was 15 minutes, and we made it four hours. And granted, the car's 10 years old, and that 63 Chevy needed an alternator. Maybe it was a generator. I have to think back then. I think it was an alternator in 63. Um, but it needed, a, it needed a replacement in, in, in probably four years. But it sure did get expensive. And I think about the average consumer, and I think that's why, you know, part of the reason why leasing has caught on and why there's all this talk about subscription-based ownership now where you're just going to subscribe to own a certain vehicle, I think a lot of that is because people are tired of expensive auto repair. They're just It's just not in the budget. You know, they'll do brakes, they'll do tires, they'll do shocks. Not that we sell a lot of shocks anymore, and they'll do, you know, exhaust and things like that, but... People are tired of stupidity. You know, a thousand dollars to put an alternator in a car is just is just insane. So I just you know, just just a little bit of thought, just where it's going, and uh, you know, yeah, I got it fixed. I got to put back together and down the road. But you know, you've got to wonder where some of the engineers are thinking and uh, are not thinking. So um, anyway, let's go over to uh, let's open up the phone lines. Let's go over to Pete in Delaware, 05 Toyota Sienna, and planning a cross country trip. Pete, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey. Hey, Ron, nice talking to you. I, I listen to your show all the time. Thank you, sir. I really respect your opinion. Thank you, sir. How can I help? Well, me, as you mentioned, me and my wife are uh, planning a, um, a cross-country, once-in-a-lifetime adventure at the end of August. Cool. And I have a 2005 Toyota Sienna. The car has 160,000 miles on it. It runs beautifully. I never had any trouble with any transmission or cooling system or anything like that. Okay. I, I am going to do a timing belt. And I'm going to have the hoses and belts replaced. Okay, good. Um, and I, I, I wanted to pick your brain, and I wanted your opinion on uh, the radiator. It's an original radiator. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm not sure where to go with that. Should I, should I uh, well, go with the thought if it ain't broke? Well, broke, don't fix it, or should I? You know what, Pete? I was I'm sitting here listening to your call, and I'm going. When should I tell him about the radiator? Uh, so, so you kind of beat me to it, brother. You read, you read my mind. Yeah, they, you know, the, the weak link, you know, we always talk about the weak link in cars. What's the weak link? And every car has an Achilles heel. And in that generation, right. in that generation, Sienna, the radiator is right at the top of the list. And and understand really? if yeah if, if if you know if you're on a road trip and the check engine light comes on and it sets a P zero four twenty catalytic converter fault code, it's it's not that who cares but who cares you're not going to be stuck in the middle of nowhere you're going to be able to get somewhere and have it looked at and diagnosed. 
if the right. if if the trans cooler line cracks and falls off that O five Sienna radiator, where wherever you are, I'm in trouble. Wherever you are, that's where you are. Uh, that's the moment. Right. So if you're if you're in the middle of Oshkosh, not that there's anything wrong with Oshkosh, but if you're in the middle of Oshkosh, oops, there it is. So yeah, I mean, let's do you know, let's do timing belt, water pump, belts and hoses, upper and lowers. Let's put a thermostat in it. All right, which is okay. a little bit of a project. It's over there, tucked behind. Let's do a thermostat. Let's do a radiator. All right. Okay. And you know, the only other thing that's sort of common is is or are the starter motor but the good news is if the starter goes bad it'll happen when you're somewhere that you could get it repaired if you had to it's it's not right, it's, right, it's, it's right. not gonna it's once you get the car well, started I'll, I'll it's not gonna fail on the road well again like i said i respect your opinion i'm gonna do that I, uh, I'm going to have my mechanic also check my brakes. Yeah. Go, uh, my tires are about 50% worn. I'm going to leave those, leave the tires Yeah, go, go through the brakes, and, um, you know, flush the brake fluid, make sure all the calipers, uh, it's probably front caliper, rear drum, or if it's four-wheel disc, make sure all the slides and pins move freely. You know, look at the wiper blades, throw a coat of wax on the headlights, keep them clean. Right, right. Uh, you know, and right. uh, uh, you know, I would actually get the car washed and have a good wax put on it because it'll help keep the debris off it during the trip, but that's just me. I think if the car's cleaner, it runs better. I'm yeah. a little I'm a little psycho <laughs> like that. Well, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far as far as washing the car. <laughs> oh, it's it's one of those. You know, you know Ron, this car, this, this car doesn't burn a drop of oil. I, I attribute it to, I change the oil myself uh, faithfully every Three, four thousand miles. Right. You ever I'm put, just old school like that. You ever, and, and you ever put spark plugs that. in it? Have you ever put spark plugs in it, Pete? I did about uh, at about eighty-five thousand. Okay. So I put wires and spark plugs. Yeah, you know maybe. And I also did the. I also did the timing belt at eighty-five thousand miles, also. But so, so it's 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 two. Maybe you want to do spark plugs again before you leave. You know, you're right yeah. there if you're at 160. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why that why that can't continue on down the road. Hey, listen, Pete, stay on the line. Uh, Tom's giving me the high sign. We're going to be giving you that O'Reilly gift card today for 25 bucks. We want you to put it towards getting this vehicle ready for the trip of a lifetime for you and your wife when you guys take oh. the uh, cross-country venture. So uh, just get out to your local Thanks. O'Reilly Auto Parts or O'ReillyAuto.com, and uh, um, they'll be glad to help you towards uh, making this goal a reality. Thank you very much, Ron. It's our 50th anniversary. Oh, so. congratulations. By all means, listen. Like I said, it's, it's, going, it's going to be an adventure. In, 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 in good health, may you come back as happy as you left, sir. Um, you know, Thanks, Ron. You're very welcome. Stay on the line. Tom will get your information. And, uh, you know, again, you know what, Pete, if you think of it and uh, you're still there, you can hear my voice. Send us some pictures of the adventure along the way. We'll put them up on Facebook. We'd love to see that. So I want to do that one day. I want to take a cross-country trip. I want to kind of do that Lucy, Ricky, Fred, and Ethel thing where you leave New York and you drive west to California. I just think it would be a lot of fun. Um, the problem is I want to take my family. I planned that once. Did I ever tell you this story, Mikey? I planned that once with my family. And the first stop I wanted to do was Detroit. I said, let's go see GM and Ford, and that's where I lost everybody. Nobody they they wanted to go to some place called Florida, the sandy beaches, and you know. Before you mentioned the family, I said, "Oh, you're planning to take me and Tom with you." Well, nice. yeah, I you know, like let's go see car stuff. It's it's, but I don't know, my you know, what can I tell you? Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. Keep 
Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Let's get over to Terry in Nebraska, 2010 Toyota Prius. Hey, Terry, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Well, thank you, Ron. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good, sir. What's going on? Well, I have a 2010 uh, Prius, and I recently had it at the local dealer for some uh, just basically oil change service, things like that. And right. uh, they, they they tried, kind of recommended or selling me a $35 additive to put in the, into the gas tank, like a fuel injection cleaner, and then uh, also another additive for the oil to put in to clean the motor. And I just kind of was wondering what you thought about these things like that. Or the, the car has about 67,000 miles, so it's in, in pretty good shape. It doesn't it, have any issues. Is, is this your regular dealer, Terry? Is this where you normally go for service? Yes, it is, yeah. Okay, is this the first time they've done it? Oh, I don't think so. No, okay. I think I've had it there before. Well, no, no, no. I mean, is this the first time they've tried selling you the additives? I, I don't recall, to be honest with you. Okay. I, I, but I... I, I I kind of was under the impression that a person really, if you use good gas and good oil, you would need an additive. I don't know. Well, the oil additive, you know, the oil additive is an interesting conversation. I think if you're using proper viscosity, correct oil, correct spec, I don't, you know, years ago, oil additives had their place, I think. But nowadays, I think the oil is made so well, and if you're, you're, you're changing it properly and, you know, following at least manufacturer's guidelines, if not, you know, the rule of thumb, 3,000 conventional, 5,000 synthetic, and so on. I don't know that you need an oil additive. I don't know how much it's going to add to the life of the engine. And, you know, I start to extrapolate things out in my head. If the, if the oil additive is $25 a bottle and you throw one in every oil change and, you know, you do, you do 30 oil changes, you know, three times 25 comes out to be quite a bit of money. And and you know all of a sudden you're you're, you're spending seven fifty a thousand dollars on 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 what uh, you know the the first set of valve cover gaskets that you needed at at sixty thousand or one hundred and sixty thousand miles rather then what was the point I I don't I don't think the oil additive has its place like it once did not at least not on your Prius if this was a GDI if this was a gasoline direct injection car. We're seeing issues with GDI, gasoline direct injection, newer model stuff, that there are oil additives you can put in there that do help keep the oil ring loose and free on the piston, that do help generate and promote ring life and prevent carbon deposits from forming on top of the pistons. That makes sense, not necessarily your application. The fuel system cleaner in the tank, I'm wondering what they're selling you for 35 bucks. Uh, you know, I, I see things top out in the 20 to 25 range. I've seen additives for 10 bucks. I've seen additives for 15 bucks. I think fuel system additives, depending upon what you're using, has its place. You know, fuel system cleaning, you know, pour in in the tank, that's a whole separate technology, I think. And that, to me, has value. Certain engines, again, GDI, gasoline direct injection, it's, it's tough to do carbon cleaning in those engines because of their design, because of how the injector is positioned uh, directly into the cylinder. It bypasses the valves, and, and, and that's an issue. So you, you really want to, um, how can I say it, you really want to be as sure as you can that you're keeping it as clean as you can. On that Prius, you know what, a bottle of Berryman, Berryman fuel system additive, and I think Berryman right now, as I've said before, is cutting edge because of all the engineering that they go through to, to change the market and accommodate the different changes in fuel. you got to think about it like this. 
How many times do you read in the paper where fuel blends change on a regular basis, especially, right, the Midwest? I mean, they're always going through a different blend of ethanol additive and, and, and so many different types of fuel, right? You see that all the time, Terry? That, that you yeah, know, yeah, right. not, yeah. Now, I, now I think they're going to go to E15. Too, right, right. They're going, they're changing. See, you know what? Berryman's right on top of that. They're, they're, they're changing their formulation or they're modifying their formulation. And I don't know this for sure, I'm assuming, but I, you know, I know the company. I know what they do. Uh, you know, there's a couple of mad scientists up there that that's, that's what they live for. And they're going to you know, meet, the de- meet the demand. And you know, fuel additives have their place. Fuel additives are only as good as the engineering that goes into it. And right now, for my money, and I've said this before, Berryman's, Berryman's the best additive on the market, BerrymanProducts.com. I could see that. The $35 additive, and then if this is the first time they've suggested it to you and you've been there five, six times before, it sounds like the dealership just struck a deal with the local fuel additive company, and this is, this is the way the guy selling the parts at the counter or the service at the counter is going to get his lawn furniture for his pool this year, um, you know, based on his commission. So I, uh, I would just be cautious. Hey, you know, I'm sorry, Terry. Stay on the line. We're going to send you out a copy of Dr. Richard McCann's Classic Car Adventures, Old Car Tales, Anglias, Bentleys, Corvettes, you know, new American car stuff, British car stuff from a British perspective. You're a car guy. I think you'll like this. And, um, uh, you know, it'll help ease the pain of the anguish of uh, your Prius and your service experience. So stay on the line. Let Tom get your information, and uh, we'll get a copy of this out to you uh, uh, very shortly. All right, sir? You're very welcome. And, uh, um, you know, you take good care. yeah, you got to be careful, right? It's got to make sense. And if you've been to the dealership or any repair facility, you know, five times, six times, seven times, time number eight, and they go, hey, by the way, you need this fuel additive for your car. Really? What about the previous eight times? What, what, you know, what changed? You know, and it's, you've really got to wonder. So you just, you know, take it from that perspective. Don't be afraid to ask questions and judge the shop. Not by the question you ask, but by the answer they give you and how they give it to you. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Ron and Andy, the car doctor here. Let's get over and talk to Dwayne in North Carolina. Dwayne, you're on with the car doctor. How can I help, sir? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What's going on? Uh, I have a 2002 Toyota Sienna minivan. I bought it used, and, and it runs great. Everything on it works great except for one little problem, and that is uh, my key fob started, stopped working. And I did all the normal things you would do, get a new one, check the battery, and all that. But the only other problem I think is associated with is this. My car continues to blow the number two fuse, the number 10 fuse, which controls the dome light and clock. Like I can drive my van from uh, Carolina to Maryland, everything will work fine. But by the time I get to Maryland, all of a sudden I notice my fuse is blown. I can stick it in and come back home. And I have a fuse tester with the light on it. And when I go to test all the fuses, there are a couple fuses that don't seem to light up. But everything on the van does work except the key fob. But those couple don't work. I can put the tin back in. It'll start working again. 
and I can't solve my problem. Well, so the so the the fuse that's blowing is feeding the other circuits from from what you're describing to me. So that's a that's the primary fuse, and those other are subs. And this is this is the number ten fuse. Where in the in the passenger compartment fuse block? In the engine in the engine compartment. Okay, which one in the engine compartment? Because there's well, there's I, I believe there's one or two. Is it is it in the long thin strip? On the left, Correct. on the driver's Correct. fender. So the number ten fuse, and they're telling you that that fuse is for the dome lamp, and and what else is on that circuit? Uh, the dome lamp, the clock. In fact, I do it myself so I can clearly see that it's the dome. When that goes out, I can take it out and replace it. It all starts to work. The dome lamp, my clock, and my electronic. When I stick my key in, I can unlock all the electronic doors with it. Okay, it's all working. Is is the cigarette lighter on that circuit by chance? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I, I'm not 100 percent sure if it is. I believe that. I don't know. I okay. don't know. That's a good question. You know, I always I always look at cigarette lighters if they're on that circuit, and I sort of think it is. I'm not 100 percent certain, but you know, I've mm -hmm. I've I've seen a lot of funny things with cigarette lighters in terms of causing fuses to fail, and mm -hmm. and and that's an issue. What you've got to do. All right. And okay. what I will offer you is, do you have a pencil and paper? Uh, I can get one. Hold on. I got it's a it's easy right enough here. to remember. What I want to do is I want to give you my email address. Okay. Hang on. One All right. And what I, what I want. Yeah. Pen. I got a little arthritis in the fingers. Yeah, I get it. Know. Yeah, brother. I'm right there with you. I'm, you know, right. arthritis. Who was that? That was Fred Sanford that said that. Remember? He couldn't. Uh, okay, I'm him, ready. Him in Lamont. Um, Ron at cardoctorshow.com, Dwayne. Ron. At cardoctorshow.com. If you would if you would send me the seventeen digit VIN, you know, it's on the registration or it's at the on the cowl tag at the base of the windshield. And okay. and just Seven, seventeen digit serial number, the the, the the VIN, the vehicle ID number, and mm -hmm. reference that we spoke here on air that it's fuse number ten in the engine compartment fuse block. What I'm gonna mm -hmm. do is I'm gonna find a wiring diagram for that. I wanna see how it's laid out. And then we can have a conversation about how we're going to split that circuit in half. All right? Cause if, and if the cigarette lighters are on that circuit, if the cigarette lighters are on that circuit, and keep in mind, there may be cigarette lighters in the back, too, not just... There are. Yeah, okay. You know, you got to go You got to go look for the magic penny. You know what the magic penny is? No, I don't. The magic penny is the penny that the kid that had the car before you, the parent that had the kid with the kid before you, they said, oh, look, this penny fits into this cigarette lighter. It's magic. I can make it disappear. And now the penny is, I swear, I, I, I've had this so many times, right? And it's always the cigarette lighter all or the power port all the way in the back that's on that circuit. And you're, and you're driving from North Carolina to Maryland, and you hit that same bump in the road coming over the Delaware Bridge or something, and, and all of a sudden, boom, the fuse blows. What happened? I don't know. I, you, know you didn't even notice it. And, you know, Two months later, you find this penny in the cigarette lighter. You go, well, you can't say that on radio, but that's what you say. Um, well, yeah. Uh, but wow. you, you, you get it. Um, you know, and then I just let's break the circuit in half, and let's uh, we can we can. There's a couple of things we can do once we know how the circuit is is laid out and lit up. You know, um, when wow. the when the fuse is working, when the fuse is not blown, is does the key fob work normally? No, no, it does not. When it's not blown, no, it does not work. So, the, at so, all. The, so the key fob is a separate problem. Probably. Yeah, yeah, from the sounds of it. Now, do you have a regular mechanic that you go to? Yes, I do. Okay, you know, you could go see him, 
and just ask him, say, listen, you know, and if he's going to start diagnosis, but he might be a nice guy. If he's got a tire pressure monitoring tool, you know, a TPMS reset tool, yeah. What you can do with those, most of them on the market today, also have an RKE, Remote Keyless Entry Transmitter Test. Uh-huh. And he can test your key fob to see if it actually works. Okay. Totally separate. And, and, you know, it's a quick, simple thing. If you're a regular customer, you know, you would do that for somebody. You would just, you know, click the button and does it transmit the right signal and at least eliminate that portion of it. All right. Um, now, would that be the same thing that... Like AutoZone I have, because I did go in AutoZone and put a new battery in and then and stand in front of something and, okay. and it lit up. Yeah, if you if you tested it, if they had the ability to test it there, then yes, sir, that that is pretty much the same thing. So you know it's not okay. you, you know it's not the key fob. So now you're okay. now you're into something else. Now you're into the the remote transmitters not working. We, you'd have to mm-hmm. see if that's on that circuit as far as okay. is it fused or not. And and so on. Now, how do you know there are no other blown fuses in this vehicle? Well, everything on the vehicle uh, seems to work. Now, uh, one thing that doesn't work, and I did inquire about it, is like, you know, like, you know, when you shift the car and you go to park, you go to drive, you go to... My light for the D does not come on, but I was told that there's a bulb behind there. Yeah. And that that's a problem that has happened before. Yeah, they're common. More like a bulb. It's, 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 it's a yeah. little tough to get to. So, right. you know, if this yeah. is if this everything is a, else works. Yeah, if this is an older car and it's got mileage on yeah. it, you're just trying to get by with it. So, yeah. I, I get that. But uh, you know, wiring isn't hard. It's a matter of but you got to have you got to have a wiring diagram. And if you don't have a wiring okay. diagram, it's you know, have you ever been to Toluca Lake, California? No, but I'd like to go. Okay. But if you didn't have a road map, how would you get there? And you can't if use your, and you can't use your GPS. And you can't use a map, and you can't ask for directions. You would never get there, would you? Yeah, you can't get there. That you part. can't get there from here. So, right. and and that's why when you're trying to solve electrical problems, you got to have a roadmap. You got to have a wiring diagram, and yeah. you know you got to have a wiring diagram and a handful of colored markers. And I'll sit down at the shop and I'll print it out. And what I'll do is I'll highlight everything, and then I'll go. Let's see. I want to go from here to here. What's in the middle? What's the midpoint? You know, my job is my job as a, as, as a mechanic slash technician is I got to get to the middle of the problem as fast as possible and then work my way out. And you know, sometimes thinking, sitting and thinking, is just as important as physical movement. And uh, you know, that's why when it comes to electrical, I will I will print out every wiring diagram I think I need and maybe close to needing, and you know, take a half hour and read and review, and then go and attack the problem, and you'll usually solve it a lot quicker. So you can't get there from here without a roadmap, brother, and that's what you're looking for. All right. I, I appreciate your rationale. You're welcome, sir. You send me a, you send me an email, and I'll uh, send you some information, and we'll get it fixed. So thank um, you very much. Very and I welcome. enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to be here for you. Um, yeah, that's just that's just the way it is, man. It's just you know I can't tell you how many times, and you know it's a hard habit to get into when you're taught go 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 fix fix fix. The first thing you want to do is you want to go up to the car and take something off it. Okay, did that fix it? No. Moron. Grab a book, read something. You know, you got to beat yourself over the head a couple of times, and it's, you know, but that's the way it is, right? You, uh, what, what, how's that expression go? Twice, once bitten, twice learned, or something like that, which sort of means, um, you know, every time you get burned, you learn from it, and you move on, and you get smarter. So, 855-560-9900, Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor getting smarter all the time, I hope. And um, if Mikey's nice to me, I'll be back right after this. 
Welcome back. Ron and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's go over and talk to Tom, who wants to talk about YouTube mechanics. Oh, boy. You know, I was reading about this the other day, that the YouTube mechanic thing is kind of turning the industry on its ear. Everybody's uh, either, either you're for it or against it. Tom, where do you stand? What do you got to say? Hi. How are you, Ron? I've been listening a long time to you. Thank you, sir. What, um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the YouTube uh, mechanics. Well, there's a couple out there that literally have millions of subscribers. I think you know who I mean. But. Mm -hmm. I think some of them are good. And, I think, uh, you know, I think some of them have value, Tom. I, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. There are moments I go to YouTube and I'll say, "Gee, how does that work?" I can't find proper information in any of the information systems I have, and I've got more than a few. Uh, but I think you have to be careful. I, I think the problem and the danger. In, in, in counting on YouTube to fix cars is you, you sort of got to know what you're looking for because there are some people out there that'll, you know, it's like the blind leading the blind and they'll get you in trouble before you before you even know you're there. Yeah, I mean, there's an old guy that's on there from Texas and he has, I don't know, 3 million subscribers. One of his views had over half a billion views and he bashes every car company Except for one. Which one does he I'm like? I just wonder if that. I'm sorry. Which one does he like? Uh, the only one he likes is Toyota. Well, then, uh, you know, listen, you know, I kid about car companies that I like and don't like. Uh, you know, even Volkswagen, it's sort of a, you know, it's sort of a shtick. Listen, every every entertainer has to have a certain amount of shtick to him. Um, I think Volkswagen presents some challenges, and I still look at them and some of the things they do, and I don't understand their engineering, but it's still a decent car. It can be. You just got to be want to put up with the with the with the idiosyncrasies of it. Uh, I don't think bashing a car company, uh, unless that's what people want to see, you know, on a full time basis, really accomplishes anything. So you know, the question is, can the yeah. guy fix cars? Um, you, you yeah, know. I mean, he could literally. Put down the th big three. He's got so many views, you know. Right, and and you know, and that's and and that's a problem. Listen, you know, people ask me all the time, "What kind of car to buy?" All right, I'll tell you the conversation. I'll give you the conversation in two minutes. The "What kind of car to buy?" speech. I think the kind of car to buy speech is no particular order. I think there's five that you look at: Ford, Toyota, GM, Honda, Chrysler with nods towards the brand auxiliary brands like Chrysler, it's Jeep, Honda, it's Acura, Toyota, it's Lexus. I think those are some, you know, those are all reasonably pretty close car companies in that, in that, uh, in that same vein. Uh, I think Nissan's in the second tier. I see a lot of weird things with Nissan's, and I have a lot of friends at Nissan dealers that, you know, point out some things that I, I wonder about Nissan sometimes. Um, I think Hyundai's a decent car company. Um, Hyundai might be in the top five tier, might be a top six tier. But I think there's some car companies that you look at, uh, Mitsubishi. You know, we don't see a lot of Mitsubishis anymore, and I, I, I blame that on the company. Their presence and their footprint in the marketplace isn't strong right now. And, you know, it's not the car you buy. Listen, everything works when it's new, or it's supposed to anyway. Uh, it's it's when it breaks. Can you get information? Can you get access to parts? How quick can it get there? What sort of engineering backs it up? You know, there's a reason why Snap-on Tools does so well. You ever look at the Snap-on Tool truck and the price of a wrench set? Right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's $500 for a wrench set. And, you know, you say to yourself, why? 
Yeah, there's a lot of engineering that goes into that stuff. And even their wrenches are well thought out. And unfortunately, that's the price you have to pay to get a quality wrench set that does the job it's supposed to do and provide the warranty it's supposed to provide. And that's just the cost of being there. But back to the original comment, YouTube mechanics. I think there's places in there you can get into trouble. I think there's places in there some guys really provide some great timely tips. The ones that really smoke me, Tom, the ones that I really kind of chuckle at, there are the professional ASE certified master mechanics, and they're working near moving parts, and they've all got their wedding rings on. And I, you know, I look at that and I chuckle. You know, in, in 43 years, and my wife knows I'm married, and I know I'm married. I don't need a ring to prove it. And I don't wear it at work because I don't want to lose a finger. And you know, they're wearing watches, they're wearing rings. It's you know, that's that's not too smart. So I don't know. I think I take YouTube with a with a grain of salt. I think it's got its place. Uh, I think it can help you out if you know what you're looking for. But I think it can also get you into trouble. So you just got to be careful. All right, sir? Yeah, yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. You take good care, and thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. 855-560-9900. We're coming back right after this. Hey, Ronnie and the Car Doctor. Let's kind of wind things down. This real fix your track from Mitchell comes to us courtesy of the folks over at Mitchell1, Mitchell1.com. Uh, recently, they reported a 2014 Chrysler Town & Country had a transmission replaced. The vehicle had worn out the transmission. It uh, just had normal issues and needed a new trans. They put a new trans in, took the car out for a road test, and the vehicle stalled. And it was something that wasn't there when they replaced, before the transmission was replaced. And the only other thing they did as part of the transmission overhaul, the transmission replacement, was they put a new trans oil cooler in it. Well, you know, sometimes it takes a village to raise a child, and sometimes it takes a village to, to repair a vehicle. They put it out there to the Mitchell One Sure Track community, and people came back with a bunch of ideas and some different experiences that they had. And it turns out that one of the fellas said was that he had a couple of the torque converter clutch solenoids had sticking a sticking pintle, meaning they apply hydraulic fluid through a circuit to turn on the torque converter clutch to lock it up to cause it to go into lockup for direct drive so that the RPMs go lower and there's less trans slippage, better fuel economy and better operation. Well, in his case, the torque converter clutch wasn't releasing, and the reason it wasn't releasing because it was a flow problem through the cooler, according to this, and they ended up replacing the new trans cooler with another new trans cooler, right? New. Never, ever worked, and um, it, it solved the problem. So the new trans oil emission oil cooler was not flowing. They checked fluid flow first through by trying to pass air with no success. They replaced the oil cooler with another cooler, and the vehicle operated as it was intended. How'd you like to be that guy, right? We put a trans in the car because the trans was slipping. Now we've created a whole other problem, and they had to take the trans out. They did another trans thinking the fault was in the new trans. They did the job twice, and then the Mitchell uh, the Mitchell community, Mitchell Sure Track 1, um, you know, came to the rescue. So more information about this, you can find it at Mitchell1.com, and, uh, you know, subscribe and click in and uh, enjoy your repairs. I'm Ron Anady, the car doctor, reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.